Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. How's it going, everyone? Before we get into the text today, I want to again remind you that if you haven't followed us on Instagram, that's at E underscore Pistle, please do so. We put up content on each of these episodes, and uh, it's another resource for you to be able to connect and engage with this podcast. That being said, we are in Matthew chapter 13, starting at verse 44 today. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down, and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand these things? Yes, they replied, we do. Then he added, Every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth, as well as old. As we consider these two more parables from Jesus about the kingdom of heaven, I want to just break these down into two separate points. The first parable is pretty incredible. And and personally, this is one of my favorite parables of Jesus' ministry. As we see this first parable kind of lumped together, this man who literally found buried treasure and this person who is going for valuable pearls. It is the same kind of concept that Jesus is trying to communicate. And as we consider this from this man's perspective. Again, he has found buried treasure. How many times, even as a kid, did you go out and try digging around in a sandbox or in a garden? This is a man who, as he's digging around who knows where, hits a crate, opens it up, and finds treasure. He, after seeing this treasure, has to own this land in order to claim it. So what does he do? He goes and has an estate sale. He sells everything he has in order to buy the field. Same goes for this merchant who is trying to find a valuable pearl. He sells everything he has in order to be able to claim this prize. Now, why does he do that? You consider, uh, why do both of these people do this? You consider the value of what they are trying to obtain. And to their family members, they don't understand it, right? Because they haven't seen this pearl. They haven't seen this treasure. They don't know about anything. And to these people, these friends and family members, this estate sale is a marker that this person has gone insane. They are crazy. They are being reckless. They are abandoning their lives. They are cutting all ties. They don't care. These people don't care what their family and friends have to to say because they must have what they found. Yes, they lose everything they own. Yes, they uh, lose their house. They lose every all of their worldly possessions. But there's they, they gain so much more, right? What they have found is worth more than what they have. So they are willing to forgo the cost in order to gain something greater. And that is the way it is with the kingdom of God. This is the aspect of God's kingdom that scares people, is that when Jesus tells us to surrender, to uh, to give up everything, to, to, in order to follow him. This is what scares us, is that we tend to like what we've built in our lives. We surround ourselves with comforts and pleasures and things we enjoy. And when Jesus tells us in order to follow him that maybe we have to give those up, right? We, we have to forsake them for the sake of the gospel. What tends to scare us is that we don't want to do that. 
And and this is why, like later on, when we cover the parable, uh, the the rich young man as he comes to Jesus and asks what he has to do to be saved, he leaves sad because he has incredible wealth. Jesus tells us to give up everything, but in doing that, we gain something that is so much greater than what we had originally. That brings us to the second parable that Jesus talks about here, and it's this parable of gathering all of these fish, right? All people will be gathered at the end of time. And this points us back to uh, just like the weeds in uh, the wheat field from a few verses ago, just like there are bad weeds in the middle of this field, there are bad fish. And God knows which quote-unquote fish are his. Jesus concludes these parables as he wraps this up with an odd statement. He asks the disciples if they understand it, and they say yes. And and to that, he goes and points them. Uh, again, I'm going to read verse 52. Every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. And the way that I like to think about this, the way that makes the most sense to me is like, when you try and redecorate your room, what do you do? That tends to be like, Maybe you're putting new flooring in. Maybe you're painting. Maybe you're uh, redecorating. And, and in all of that, right, there's a lot of the same items that you still have, right? They're just shown in a different manner or in a different way. And it's the same sort of thing with the truth of God. The person who is the teacher of the law, who comes to follow Jesus, who comes into the kingdom of God, is able to have all of these terrific ancient truths from the Old Testament, right? Again, pointing us to the importance of including the Old Testament in our faith, right? We're not just New Testament Christians. We are all of Scripture Christians. There are truths in the Old Testament that as Jesus teaches in these parables, he is not changing or altering these truths. He is putting them in a different light, which is why he is teaching in parables. This is what he is doing. He is showing us these ancient truths in a new way. So, as we consider this, what are some modern day examples that might be used in a parable? Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.